Welcome to the latest episode of Pod Michigan, the podcast that's sports talk from a logical fan's perspective. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of you out there, those of you that listen, will probably think there's nothing logical about what he is saying. So if you disagree with anything that I have to say, I implore you to call our voicemail number at 810-373-9732 and give me your side of the debate that I'm going to bring up. And I will revisit them on the next podcast and play your take in rebuttal to what I have to say on this podcast. The only thing I ask is keep your language clean because if there's foul language, I will not play your voicemail. Now, last week we discussed the Lions, and we're going to start this podcast off with a little take about the Lions from this past Sunday when they lost to the Chicago Bears. But the majority of this podcast is going to be about Michigan and Michigan State, and this is where I kind of think I may get a couple voicemails from people telling me that I'm completely off my rocker. But you know what? I don't really think I am, but Time will tell. Now, this past Sunday, our Detroit Lions again lost to the Chicago Bears, improving, I guess if that's the way you could put it, the record to 0-4 on the season. And I saw on social media a lot of people really getting worked up about the Lions' loss, how they lost, and their record being 0-4. 0-4. So much spec that I sort of got in a, a very Gentile debate with a friend of mine about the fourth down call, whether they should have kicked a field goal, gone down by seven, or whether they should have went ahead and gone for it like they did and didn't do it. And that is neither here nor there. Now, they go on the whole analytics portion of it and is why they went for it. And if you heard Dan Campbell discuss it after the fact, he stated that, you know, they thought they were in a good place. They were moving the ball. He felt good about going for it there instead of kicking the field goal and relying on his defense. And the social media debate that I got into sort of supported his decision to go for it because of analytics and that's sort of the way of the game these days. And it's kind of hard for a lot of the the old school football fans to grasp a hold of those kind of changes. But you know what? That's all totally irrelevant because they lost the game, they're 0-4, and like I said last week, I'm not really looking for victories this year as much as I'm looking for a kind of a culture shift, a, a, a little, a growth, I want to see growth in this team, and each and every week I've been able to identify whether it's players or the play in and of itself improve. A little bit here and there. Are there steps back? Of course there are steps back. Penny Sewell kind of took a little bit of a step back 
this week, I think, in his development as a left tackle. But there are signs of improvement each and every week, whether they win or they lose. And that's really all I'm looking forward to or looking for this year for the Detroit Lions. And I will point out that the vast majority of my fellow Lions fans out there, at least the ones that you hear during sports talk on terrestrial stations, at the beginning of the year weren't looking for victories. They they wanted them to tank this year to take full advantage of the first round picks that they have next year. And now they've kind of shifted. They're getting angry when they lose. So you you can't pick and choose what you want. You either want them to lose all the games and get a number one draft pick, or you want them to be successful and win games and have a lesser draft pick. And I will just say this in sort of closing to this whole segment is, The Fords aren't going to sell the team, so quit saying that. You wouldn't if you own the team. Owning an NFL team is like having a dump truck back money up to your house each and every day. You wouldn't sell the team either, so they're not going to sell it, so just quit, stop saying that. And those of you out there that say, you've tuned out, you've quit watching, No, you haven't. You still watch each and every Sunday. If you have a response to that, let me know at 810-373-9732, and we will revisit it next week after their game against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the main thing that I wanted to discuss this week on this podcast was the Michigan State Spartans and the Michigan Wolverines. Both teams are currently 5-0, and undefeated, both ranked highly. Michigan's ranked 8th, Michigan State is ranked 11th, and we're not going to get deep into their performances this past week, but we're going to kind of gloss over the first almost half of their season. And I'll say this right off the get-go. Neither team, in my opinion, I, I applaud them both for being 5-0, and but I don't think that either team is top 15 in the country. And to be completely honest, and this is coming from a person that's more of a fan of Michigan. I'm a Michigan fan than a Michigan State fan, but honestly, Michigan State should probably be ranked higher than Michigan, but we all know the Michigan hype machine and how that is nationwide, and that's why Michigan is ranked higher than Michigan State. And if we're going to be completely honest in this podcast, which is something I try to do, Michigan hasn't really beat anybody yet in this season. I mean, people have been saying winning against Wisconsin 
is a feather in a cap of Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan program. And it's great that they won. I'm happy that they won. But yes, they 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 won in Camp Randall for the first time in what 21 years or 20 years or something like that. And that's great. They should be happy about that. But you know what? They didn't exactly beat Wisconsin at the top of their game either. So people saying that Jim Harbaugh got his first victory as an underdog against Wisconsin doesn't really hold the allure to me that most people give it and yeah if you follow me on social media you've probably got sick of reading my posts over the past probably going on five years now how I'm I'm really tired of the hype machine at Michigan more specifically aimed towards Harbaugh how he was going to be the savior and it's really never, ever panned out. His best year was his first year when he had Brady Hoke's players. Did he have talent the ensuing six years after that? Absolutely he did. And he just, that's what a great coach would do, would take the talent that he has and ha- make them overachieve. And they just have not done that yet in his tenure so I'm not anointing anything to Michigan and and there's they have seemed to have a a good running attack this year with with Corum and Haskins but that was great in the non Big Ten schedule but the two games they've played in the Big Ten so far they're averaging like a little over three yards a a carry or something like that. And that's not going to get it done against Michigan State or Penn State or Ohio State. So, And there's been a lot of talk about how Michigan can't pass the ball. And people are going to point to two passes (laughs) during the game against Wisconsin. Like, see, they can throw the ball. Well, you know what? One was a flea flicker, so it was it was home run or not, and it was a great play. I commend them for for pulling it off. And the other one was sort of a JJ McCarthy garbage time touchdown when the game was already out of hand. So Michigan's offense is going to have to vastly improve, vastly get more balanced. And they're going to have to beat Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State. And and you know what? I won't go that far. They have to win two of those three games. And to be quite frank, they should probably beat Michigan State and Ohio State in order for this season to be considered a success. It should be... A success if they win all three games. But I'm given a little bit of leeway there because that's three tall tasks. And you can't really overlook Maryland and you can't overlook 
Indiana, even though it appears that Indiana is down as opposed to last year, but it's they're still not going to be cakewalk games and really wouldn't overlook Nebraska this week because they really do have a fantastic defense. So Michigan, in my opinion, is ranked way too high. And I know there's only, what, like 13 undefeated teams left in Division One or Sub Bowl or whatever the hell they call it these days. So they probably, that's why they're ranked so high. But I just don't see them as a top 10 team in the nation. Now, Michigan State, on the other hand, I think has really, really overachieved, I guess is the best way to put it, that Mel Tucker, I think, in his first and a half year here at Michigan State has really done a fantastic job with what he has, and he and he's done it artfully. He, he's gone into the transfer protocol portal and really cherry-picked out players that he thinks that can help him, and if he continues to do that, then you know, look out for, for Sparty because they, they could be someone to be reckoned with here in the Big Ten. Does that mean I think they should be a top 11 team in the nation? No, I don't think they should, although they do have a more impressive victory than Michigan has on their schedule by going to Miami of Florida and winning that game. And I know the skeptics out there will say, well, Miami's not as good as everyone thought they were. But you know what? They still had to go down to Miami and win that game, much like I'm giving credit to Michigan for going to Camp Randall and winning against a lesser Wisconsin team. Michigan State should get the credit for going down to Miami and winning a game in that environment as well. I'm not a Spartan fan, so I don't know the the ins and outs of the entire roster and everything, but I would say that at the beginning of the year, most people, Las Vegas and whatnot, weren't projecting State to win much more than five games. And they're already at five games, so they'll have to win one more game the rest of the year in order to overachieve as far as Las Vegas goes. So with that, you know, I would say Mel Tucker has done more in his 18 months in East Lansing than... Jim Harbaugh has done in almost seven years in Ann Arbor. So, and I'm not even saying that Michigan State is perfect. Far from it. They they seem to have a much more balanced and powerful offense than Michigan has. They have a great running game. They have some capable receivers. And they seem to have a quarterback that he may not be flashy, but he seems to get the job done. And and I know a lot of people will say that's kind of the same thing that people are saying 
about Cade McNamara at Michigan being a a game manager, but Peyton Thorne for Michigan State has had the opportunity, I guess is the best way to put it, to show that he can throw the ball with efficiency and throw the deep ball and get the job done, whereas Cade McNamara really hasn't gotten too much of an opportunity. That's something I think the coaching staff failed on in the non-conference games. Is games were well out of hand. They were running all over the place. They should have taken the opportunity to sort of work out the kinks, if you will, with the Michigan passing game because I think you're going to run into some opponents, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, where you're going to kind of be forced to throw the ball. You might even have it happen this week against Nebraska. And that's something I'm concerned about with Michigan is, yeah, they seem to have a, a good running game, a very good defense, but they they need to prove that they can throw the ball when they need to throw the ball. Now, Michigan State, on the other hand, has a very balanced offense, but it looks like they're going to have some trouble on their defense. They've been giving up a lot of passing yards, so their secondary is suspect. Seem to have a very good front seven, and they don't give up a ton of yards on the ground. So any team that is able to pass the ball well, better with more talent than Western Kentucky had this past week, may pose some threats to Michigan State. Now, this week, Michigan State plays Rutgers, and Michigan handled them well, but Ohio State came out and and really kind of mollywopped them, if you will. And so you really don't know what Rutgers team you're going to get. So it looks like there's improvement in New Jersey for that program, but which team's going to show up this week against Michigan State? Are they going to play tough like they did for a little while against Michigan, or are they going to get rolled over like they did last week against the Buckeyes? So that's something to keep your eye on. I just I don't think that either team should be ranked as high as they are until they actually beat somebody. And I will give Michigan State more of a, a nod for their win at Miami of Florida than I will for Michigan beating a Wisconsin team that seems to be a little bit in turmoil in Camp Randall. I mean, when we get to the Michigan-Michigan State game in a few weeks, that that could really be a slugfest, and it may be sort of the the linchpin on the entire season for both teams. Who knows? It could be. The, the winner of that game may turn out to be the Cinderella of the entire season, and the loser may just kind of fall back to where we all sort of expected them to be in the first place. 
So putting a bow on this whole segment, I, I, I will say Michigan State has sort of exceeded expectations so far, at least in my perspective. And I think that Mel Tucker has the Spartans moving in the right direction, using the transfer portal to his advantage. It's something I think Michigan should look to do more. And especially with the the whole pain of the players now, I think that's going to sort of change the the dynamic a little bit in college football. And it's something Michigan State has kind of done in a cursory way, and Michigan has yet to fully embrace it. It's just it, it. I know the 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 old school, the old guard, doesn't like it. But things change, folks, and that's kind of the way of the world. Now, as far as Michigan goes, I'm. You're gonna call me a cynic here, but I'm still not impressed. The defense looks good. The running game looks good enough. I'm not gonna call it great because they haven't been great so far in the Big Ten schedule. I just need to see more of a passing attack, more more of a balanced attack, because you're going to need that. And when and if that happens, when and if they beat Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, then I'll give a little bit of credit to Michigan, but I've been so jaded the last six and a half years, so let down the last six and a half years, I'm not going to get my hopes up. But you know what? That's just me. If you have any thoughts about the Michigan State team or Michigan's team this year, let me know at 810-373-9732. And next week, we will revisit these topics and see how Michigan did against Nebraska and how Michigan State did against Rutgers. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget to click subscribe wherever it is you listen to this podcast so each episode will automatically get downloaded into your phone or your listening device. And until next time, it's fourth and inches. Balls on your opponent's 45. Are you going to punt? Or are you going to go for it and put your opponent away? <laughs> <laughs>